surprise. <laughs> surprise to me. I would have worn a different shirt or thrown on a jacket if I thought I was going to be. All right, the recording's already okay. begun, but I'm going to open this up. So. Okay. All right, welcome to Mullet Over Podcast. I'm your host today, Richard Mull. Andrew is in Hawaii. Anybody got Hawaii jealousy going on here? You know, <laughs> but we, we watch the grandkids. That's a, that's a blessing. That's amazing. So it, we, we are enjoying it. I'm not enjoying it as much as my wife and others are. Uh, so yeah, her sister came into town and, and are helping. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of what's going on in our world. That's where Andrew is. Um, enjoying hiking and snorkeling and stuff like that. He, he's got a cousin that lives there, so they're going to visit him. But we have a special guest. We, uh, we had another special guest who wasn't able to make it today. And uh, so he, he was um, a gang, had been a gang leader in Harlem, New York. So I was telling Lana, I was like, or Lana, I was like, all right, so your story needs to be as compelling as a as a drug king in New York City, but she's got something to share. God's been doing a work in her heart and life. She's got um, an interesting background. Looking forward to hearing more about your story today and how it intersects even with Operation Life Force. That's not part of our always plan, but it, but but um, you know, the, a lot of our guests have been um, either you know receiving ministry or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, we've reached out to some interesting people and got some interesting people lined up. So excited to have you on here today. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. This was a total surprise. Yeah. You were coming to yeah. help because you right? got a background in TV. Yes. And, yeah. And, I thought uh, I was going to be behind the camera. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's exciting. Um, yeah. Uh, Tell we, us who Lana, 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 I keep, I'm okay. so used to Lana. Right. We've it's had okay. Lana's. But okay. I know your name is Lana, so yeah. tell it's us. It's kind of got a southern sound to it, Lana, you know. <laughs> Lana. But everybody, you can call me. I got to yeah. slow it down a little and yeah. say Lana. I <laughs> right, do know very, how to talk southern. Well, southern, And then there's yeah. Tennessee southern mm, Yeah. Um, with a long draw. My, my, the same nephew who lives in Hawaii now talks a million miles an hour. Yeah. And for I don't know how many years. it wasn't He wasn't born there, but he lived in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I wanted to finish his sentences for him during that time. It <laughs> yeah. was real drawn out and yeah. slow, <laughs> but you could understand most of what he was saying. Now, he right. didn't sound Southern at all. It's, it's so weird, like, because I moved a lot of times growing up, too, so mm-hmm. my accent changed a lot. Yeah. But, yeah, tell us yeah. more about Lana. Well, um, I, yeah, I, I'm from Georgia, so, you know, Great that's place. where this sound <laughs> the accent came from, I guess. But, um, yeah, I grew up in Atlanta and, um, and then we, we traveled a lot or we moved around when I was five, we, we moved around. And, um, I mean, really, honestly, that's really where a good story can begin. Um, but, um, I grew up in a Christian home, Mm -hmm. um, very close to my family. I was the only Mm -hmm. child, yeah. So, um, you know, I just was really close in with my family. And then, um, you know, when I was five, I, um, I knew about the Lord all my life. I just knew everything, but I realized, oh, I need to make this for real personal yeah. to me because he was always there, yeah. always there for me. And and so I, you know, I asked the Lord into my heart when I was five, 
But even before then, um, I was, you know, two and three and four. And I, I always had a heart for ministry. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, you know, a lot of times it was kind of crazy, but a lot of times um, I would go in my room after we had come from somewhere, we had been shopping or something. Mm -hmm. And I would see all the people in the store and everything. And then I would go home and I would get in my little corner. It's kind of funny, but I'd get in my little corner and just start praying for them. Wow. And praying for everybody all mm-hmm. over the world. I was like big, global, you know. Wow. Because I, I was praying about... The faith of a child. Yeah. It was amazing. And I just, I mean, it was even before I actually said the prayer, you know. Wow. wow. But I just had such a heart. And, and I remember when I was little, I'd get up on my table and, um, you know, get a chair and sit there and play and, you know, and I was singing and preaching to multitudes. Wow. You know, so um, it was great. And then, um, so five, we moved and um, we actually went to um, CBN with Pat Robertson. Okay. Yeah. And um, so back then, um, my dad was an engineer. And he was helping him build TV stations and do the engineering for all of their stuff down there. So at that point, um, I'm in television, you know. I learned all the stuff from way when I was small. And, um, you know, of course, I will bring up um, when we were there, Jim and Tammy Baker were Uh there. And they had the little TV program, the kids show and you know, I was on there all the time and all this stuff. So Wow, we, so back when they were just beginning. Yes. Um wow, before PTL ever started, you know. Wow. So then um, you know, after I mean they'd come over to our house and yeah. eat dinner and things like that. And um so they were kind of friends. I mean, you know, pretty decent friends, you know. My my dad was pretty close to them and and he would always crack jokes and stuff and try mm-hmm. to make them laugh while they were doing their program and all kinds of crazy things. Um, but then they decided to move, you know, to go to Charlotte. Or actually, they went to California first, and then they went to Charlotte. And they kept asking us to come, and we were like, no, it's not the time, it's not the time. But they were wanting my dad to help them get their satellite network going. Mm-hmm. So he finally got a release from the Lord and it was like, yes, go. And so we went down there. And so when I was about 11, 12, we moved down there. Mm-hmm. And um, so my mom worked there, my dad worked there. And, you know, I all I knew was ministry. All yeah. I knew was that. So that was where my heart was anyways from the time I was little. And so... You know, I really wanted to be in ministry. Um, I didn't know exactly what God was having me do. I thought about, you know, the different things because I I know I wanted to make a difference in the world. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see lives changed. I wanted to see people set free from way back then. But um, I will say that um, while I was at PTL, um, there was so much going on. Um, and I'm not trying to bash anybody or anything. I'm just giving you my personal life of what, what was going on with me. Um, you know, the show's all about. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, when, when I was there, I was 
had a little confusion about, I guess you could say, um, I was very close to my dad mm-hmm. growing up. I mean, I, I love my mom too. It wasn't that, but I was just kind of a daddy's girl. Mm-hmm. And so he always taught me all the stuff that he knew. You know, he was teaching me how to, you know, change oil when I was young and how to do things so I would know how to do things when I got older. And um, so I always wanted, you know, so I was really close to him and I would help him at work. And sometimes he was building like a cable, running cable throughout PTL's Heritage USA. And I was right there helping him dig ditches and doing this stuff, you know. Um, We also had some fun times where he ended up being doing the fireworks Mm, at PTL. So we did that and then we did some shows and special effects and you know i was learning i was working on getting my license so you can help us add special effects to our podcast there you go (laughs) yeah blow up fireworks fireworks and and blow up people that's what you know so um so i was in the process of getting my pyrotechnician's license you know because and that was really something that i was really enjoying I know that's kind of weird, but, you know, working with guns <laughs> and explosives and then the Who fireworks and acting <laughs> and things like that, doing all the crazy shows. And my dad was having a blast. He was like the sheriff of everything. And we'd have Western days. And, and it was just so much fun. I mean, we always had a lot of fun. Um, and I wish my daughter was able to have had the yeah. fun and experiences that I had. Yeah. You know, when I was young. And um, so, but but what I want to say is, I know the presence of the Lord was there, but there was so much demonic mm-hmm. that was trying to take PTL down and just destroy. From, a lo- from an early standpoint. You're yes. talking about the, from the way, early days. Yeah. From way back, yeah. yeah. And so that was... Um, Tell me what you were seeing. Okay, hang on. This is this is uh, two of my biggest posts on Facebook mm-hmm. were because we deal with people that were hurt in yeah. ministry yes. and in ministries, uh-huh. and I'm talking almost you. It, it would be hard. It would be easier to come up with a list of organizations that we have. Mm-hmm found someone hurt from than a list that we haven't yes. like that's how broad it is yes. like we are talking organiza- organizations a to z the biggest names and and some of it really dark heavy mm-hmm. demonic stuff yes. and it, i don't believe it's a reflection on those on every leader involved mm-hmm. on on every organization involved um, but i but it but for me i'm like going how do we wake up the body of christ to mm-hmm. Uh, And you haven't even shared your story yet, so I'm looking forward to hearing that story. Mm -hmm. But, but, but it's interesting because we didn't plan this. Mm -hmm. But, but this is huge, and there are people that there's there's one person in particular in my mind that has never actually come for ministry, toyed with coming for ministry because all of their abuse Mm -hmm. came from. In her case, it was family members, Mm -hmm. but it was a whole ministry, a very well known ministry that um it was just so much abuse all throughout and um so so tell us yeah yeah Um, and it's interesting too because we're talking about um 
Jim and Tammy Baker. So that became public. Mm -hmm. There was all kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I was mainline evangelical growing up. So that whole world were all like fake and of the devil, okay, which I don't necessarily believe now, okay? I'm looking forward to what you talked about as maybe connecting with Jim Baker. Mm -hmm. There's been such a transformation, I know, in his life. But, but, you know, there are people that either really believe and follow and accept everything mm-hmm. or those that reject everything. And, and so you're saying already that you've had a lot of, you know, the presence of God was there. You had a lot of wonderful, amazing experiences. Tell us the rest of the story. Okay. Well, um, I asked that there were people, witches, and all this stuff that mm-hmm. would actually, you know, outside of PTL, mm-hmm. they would actually be praying and planning for them. For, Did they to have take the ministry spiked, down. pointed hats? No, and... <laughs> they didn't know. They didn't carry their brooms with no, them? No, they didn't. <laughs> How but... did you know that they were witches? I, I'm kind of joking because right. I we I discern these things. I picked yeah. these things up. Yeah. But how did you know? I, I kind of heard about it. And then... They were pulling the young people. See, they had a school. They had ministry mm, for the youth. Mm, and they were pulling them. Mm, and, you know, they were showing them that there were, I mean, there's power. You know, witches, I mean, I'm I'm just telling you, they had, there's some power there. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, as much as God has. Yeah. But they're quicker to show it off. Yeah. You know, God... When he does something, it's like from the, a lot of times, it's like from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And he works in your heart. Yeah. But witches and <clears throat> other types of demonic things, they can want to show off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so they would pull pull young people in. And um, so that's how they were able to start getting into into PTL because they Do you know some of the ways kids. that they pull them in? Well, um, just showing them, trying to convince them that that the ministry was not real, that they were where the power really was, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, I'm just going to say there was a lot of people around Jim that, wanted to take him down and wanted to take over his ministry mm-hmm. and um and they tried and and actually my dad overheard a plan to take over the ministry mm-hmm. and it was um he was in ohio at a restaurant and he heard somebody talking and it happened to be somebody who had this big plan to take him down but he was able to warn Jim, and he said, "Hey, Jim, listen. This is something that's fixing mm-hmm. to come down." So he was prepared for it. Yeah. And so when they came in to say, "Hey, you know, we've got this lady who testified that she had been with you," and there, so they were thinking, "You need to resign now," <clears throat> and they were really pushing him. He said, "No." He said, um, "Call the press." You know. He said, "If they, you know," and he called their bluff really, mm-hmm. and. Um, so they were not able to plan that. Yeah. Um, and it just over and over, people were trying to get in. And a lot of it was people who were friends. And then, you know, choosing the wrong friends. <clears throat> you know, it's so important that when you have a ministry mm-hmm. that you have to protect 
and because there's a lot of things like like the Jezebels that will try to come in um, there's a lot of things that will definitely um, try to take you down and destroy you and want to take over I mean you know or destroy mm-hmm. the ministry yeah or discredit it yeah and so um, you know he um, you know he was surrounding himself I mean his assistants were you know were gay the t- the two guys there mm-hmm. um you know Tammy was doing off you know off doing her thing they were you know there was a whole thing going on with her to try to break them up mm-hmm. um it's just there was so much and it was it like at one point it, it felt like that the anointing kind of left mm-hmm. you know because mm-hmm. of all the but the show continued to go yeah, on. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a and lot of churches where the anointing has left, left right. leaders. And, 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 and the thing is, God's not done with those people. Mm-mm. Yeah. But but he's not in the room. Mm-hmm. He's like waiting for them to stop mm-hmm. and turn their hearts back to him. Right, yeah. So, you know, be surrounding himself with so many people mm. that were living in sin, that mm. were, you know, and it was going down the line. And I was, you know, learning all about the equipment. You know, I was, um, they had a couple of shows, like this one show with um, Russ Taff and Amy Grant, mm-hmm. More Than Music, and and we had like an all-girl crew, and I was learning to do all the stuff. I mean, you know, so I learned with that program and other programs with PTL, you know, their, their program. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had all this foundation. This is not what I had planned on doing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I wanted to be a singer. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That's cool. what I wanted to do. And so being in that situation and being surrounded and it was confusing. I mean, there was a lot of confusion because I'm like, you know, there's all these people and it Jim is open and accepting them and they're right there with him. And, you know, I'm like, you know, so I was struggling. Um, you know, I guess part of it, being a little bit of a tomboy, being a daddy's girl, I mean, I was like, you know, my dad, I wanted to do everything he did. And so I guess I was a little confused about, you know, my sexuality, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, when I was about 13 or so, I found this girl that I was so attracted to. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I don't understand. I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought I was, you know, anything other than, you know, um, you know, I was still wanted mm-hmm. to seek boy, you know, find boyfriends and this, that and the other. But um, it became like almost an obsession to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she ended up, you know, being my best friend and everything. And then, but I couldn't understand why I was feeling this way. Mm-hmm. And it was such a struggle. I battled it. And so we ended up, you know, going out together. I did have a couple boyfriends mm-hmm. in the midst of all this um, that, you know, but it wasn't going so well and I, I didn't stay with them for long, maybe like a year, but the whole time I was just, you know, this, it was like, 
I guess, obsessed with mm-hmm. it. You know, I just, and but I'm like, it's wrong. It's wrong. And so being a Christian and being someone that knows that it's wrong, yet why was I feeling this mm-hmm. way? It was really a torture. And of course, it wasn't really accepted. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was in the 80s. And it was kind of a hush-hush. Everybody was very hush-hush about it. It wasn't a real accepted thing. And um, so, you know, we, we had a relationship for um, several years until I was about 19. Um, so I kind of tried to end that relationship. But we were best friends before this ever started. And um, she was having a problem at home where... Um, her mother and her stepdad, um, he was, her, her stepdad was, you know, trying to, was molesting them. Mm. And a lot of times I would go and stay because she was afraid mm. of being with him, <clears throat> of him being alone, you know. Yeah. And and she was safe when I was there because he's not going to, you know. Um, so, um, you know. It was, it was really strange, but then when I turned 19, um, things started going bad with PTL, and, um, you know, one of his good friends, I mean, he laid off my dad, and I know my dad was kind of hurt because of that, because they were mm. really pretty, pretty decent, pretty close, you know, yeah. um, so we went on a big trip. California and went to Texas saw some friends and then we moved to ended up moving getting hired um, at a TV station a small TV station in um, Dallas which was channel 49 um, and it was Christian and the guy was really strange and you know he was kind of like so different from PTL you know he wanted women to wear dresses didn't you know wanted you to have long hair you know just really weird even though his wife wasn't like that, she had been a model, but you know, he, you know, no Coke, no caffeine, n- nothing like that. He wanted everybody to be, have health food, all that kind of stuff. And, um, and it was such a small station and the cameras and all the video stuff and the, everything was just to me a joke because of where I came from. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is crazy. How in the world are we going to ever, you know, be here? And then, yeah, I tried to get over myself. I mean, I was like, you know, kind of like, this is just beneath me. You know what I mean? Because I was a little, because from where we came from. And, um, but he ended up taking the job. And um, then I um, met the guys that were there. And and one of the guys, we, I went out with him and ended up marrying him um, a couple of years later. But, um, you know, one day one of the guys didn't show up for work. And um, um, the guy I married, his name's JR, um, he called me and said, Hey, um, you want to come in to work? Um, you know, somebody didn't show up. I know you know how to do all this stuff. So I'm like, Well, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And so they had like five hours of live programming. So they had a lot of switching up and everything. And, and I was running camera and helping him set up. And then um, the next day, the owner's like, hey, um, you know, could you come work for us? And I'm like, well, uh, 
this isn't really what I had planned on for my life, you know. Um, but I, I went ahead and said yes. Um, and um, so I worked there for several years. Um, he ended up selling at Home Shopping. And when he sold at Home Shopping, Home Shopping had this program where um, they had to do so many hours of community service because they were actual TV stations. And, you know, you have to have meet the FCC requirements of all these things. So um, when I got hired there, um, you know, they came in and, and, you know, interviewed all of us. And they're like, yeah, I'd like for you to come. And, um you know, I was making like $3.50 before. And when they came, you know, it was like, okay, um, would you come in and work for seven fifty? And I'm like, uh, I remember those days. That was, <laughs> that was like, a lot of money. Yeah. That was a lot of money yeah. back then, right? Yeah. So I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, yes. So then they ended up, um, ended up training and learning how to, um, do these community programs and that's really where I got my start on learning how to produce and being on air because they she wanted everybody to actually do their own you know come up with your own stories you know do it edit and all this stuff and be on on as a host and so that's really where it started as far as learning how to do the uh, in the on camera stuff and um so um but so when i got up there and i started dating this guy jr um i told him i said listen you know i said i'm probably not what you're expecting not what you want to want you know that i just um i just left there and i had a girlfriend so he was like, oh, no, it's okay. Don't worry about it, you know. But I didn't realize is that, and he was almost encouraging that kind of behavior. I, you know, um, he told me about his issues um, with how he was a little bit into pornography. And um, he would go to topless bars, all, you know, did a lot of the bar scene um, with his uncle. And then, so... I'm thinking, okay, you know, he's going to accept me. And it's not that, you know, easy for somebody, especially in the Christian realm, to be able to accept me. Um, mm. Because most people are mm. like, oh, you know, you're taboo. Get away from me, yeah. you know. Wow. And so we ended up getting married a couple years after we started dating. And, um, you know, but the whole time he was like, hey, why don't you call your old girlfriend and tell her to move in with us? And you know what I mean? It was just like, I'm trying to break free from this. Mm -hmm. And yet here the encouragements come yeah. to stay in there. And I so throughout my marriage, I'm fighting that, wow. just fighting that. And then the, the, the pornography and the perversion and, and things like that. But, you know, he was a, he was a great guy. Um, and I could talk to him and we had a good understanding, you know, um, like as of today, we're really close friends, um, mm -hmm. you know, not, not ever to get married again, but because we had been through so much together, we have that where I can talk to him 
about mm. pretty much anything. But mm. and there was a big long span where that wasn't the case. Yeah. But I'm struggling. I'm struggling with this. I'm trying to not feel attractions to women. You know, it's it was so hard. But I just kept seeking God. Lord, I need to be delivered over this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with him encouraging with him this. And then we um, we ended up moving here to Florida. And then I worked with Channel 50, which was owned by um, Home Shopping. And we came in and we built that TV station and trained everybody and got everybody going and all this stuff. But I didn't want to stay there. I wanted to venture out and, you know, pursue my career as a reporter or, um, you know, doing something on camera. So at that point, um, I was, you know, my husband got a job at Channel 13. So I was working, I was, they wanted to hire me, you know, um, to work on like special interest stories. Um, I did have like, um, at Channel 50, I had like a, I got a, a 30 minute show where I, it was kind of like a PM magazine. And I know that's not something anybody probably knows about much, but it was like a news uh, magazine show. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it's got stories, different Mm -hmm. stories, features and stuff. So, um, so I kind of had that kind of a format and did that, but you know, um, still battling with this. Then, um, I had a child, and um, that was great. I wanted to spend more time with her, so I kind of went to part-time, and I wanted to pursue the career of this, and Channel 8 was wanting me to come work as a news editor, and I wasn't sure about that, but, um, you know, 13 seemed to be the best the best option. And then one day, I mean, because both my husband and I grew up in a ministry background. His dad was a evangelist minister, um, Hispanic. And so he did a lot of things like that. So we, both of our hearts were for ministry. And so he ended up saying, you know, I want to go back to Dallas and, and help my dad. And I was kind of like, okay, well, okay. Um, I don't want to just quit. You're going to quit. You, he's had a really good job. He was like the chief editor and you know, I was like, you're really going to quit? I'm like, I want to be in ministry, too. I want to, you know, I want to reach souls. I really had, I thought I had like a, an evangelist heart. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody that just wanted to reach souls. And so um, we quit. I, I quit. I went up there. And then, you know, I started getting really depressed because I wasn't doing anything. I just, everything stopped. My career, everything stopped. And and then, um, you know, one day my, my grandfather, he said, hey, you know, come back to Atlanta. Because that really flopped with his dad. It didn't went any, nowhere. So um, he said, come back to Atlanta. I want to have my family with me. So we prayed about it. And then we went back down there. And he bought us a production company. Wow. Bought the whole thing, all the equipment and everything. And it was somebody out of Houston. So we moved all of that to Atlanta. And um, I had my 
my grandmother, my dad's mom, had died and left me her house. So we were able to move right into it. Um, and it was a nice, perfect setup for production because it had extra rooms and things. Um, so we did that for a little while, basically trying to get our foot in the door. We, um, you know, did some weddings, you know. We um, got hooked up with a pastor there, um, Pastor Merrick from World Harvest Church up in Roswell. And, um, I used to live in Roswell. Oh, really? Yeah, yep. that's where our house was. Yeah. Cool. That's cool, yeah. So, you know, this minister was, like, amazing on fire. And, you know, he started using us for for um, doing the videos, his videos and stuff. And, and it was great. Um, but while we were in home shopping um, at the champ, at the station down here, um, there was an opportunity for um, my husband, because he was Hispanic, that he could get um, minority preference and get um, some low-power TV stations. And home shopping, they paid for the whole thing because they wanted to affiliate with them. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't, you know, you could only own like five stations. So um, he applied for five, got three of them. And then um, we sold one because the, their project, you know, they, they um, it just, they shut down the project. So we had the TV stations ourselves. And it was just a construction permit, so we had to build it. Um, and we didn't really have the money for that. Um, so we sold the one in Phoenix. We had one in McAllen, which was a problem. We never got that on. But there was one in Charleston, South Carolina. And the one in Charleston, I just felt like the Lord said, go build that one, you know? And I'm like, what? You know, I'm thinking, how are we going to do that? And then, you know, he was really quick to, to show me, sell your house, and then you'll have the money to do it. And I'm like, wow, you know, putting it on the market and everything and believing God. Um, you know, I, I had the faith. I had the faith to do that. And I really felt like God was, was directing us to do that. So um, I told my family, I'm going to sell the house, and they were they didn't want no, I'm not having it. I'm like, well, then you buy it from me. I know what God had, you know, showed me. And um, so that's really what we did. We built a TV station in Charleston. We just kind of came in the back door, um, turned it on. You know, we got a satellite affiliate from, out of Pittsburgh, um, which we knew the people there. And so we were airing their programs, and we were starting to do our own. Um, we, you know, the Lord opened doors for us to have a studio, have all these things, just everything right. But, you know, even though the heart, my heart and, and his heart was in it for ministry, you know, we had so much junk mm -hmm. in our lives that I think, and we didn't have the tools mm -hmm. spiritually to get out there and do it. I had not gone to Bible school at that point. I didn't, you know, I didn't know. Um, so we just kind of went out there and um, we were up against a lot. There's a lot of um, demonic activity there in Charleston. And so we were up against a lot. Um, we also, many, you know, I mean, I'm just uh, not really back up, but I'm going to kind of say that all the time, 
when we're there shooting from all those years, um, ministers, you see them on TV and then yet behind the scenes, Mm. it's a different story. Mm. It's so different. And you, you build up bitterness, you build up hurt. Mm. People are, you get hurt. What, what percentage uh, from your experience did you experience were, um, real and, and those that were fake? I would say about 80% were not real wow. or fake. Now, was that more TV evangelist types that you were dealing with? Mm-hmm. Or you're talking, yeah. I wonder if it's the people that are really drawn to getting like a TV, getting on TV. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it, I wonder if it attracts more of that. Yeah. Um, because as much as we deal with it, we deal with it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, um, I, I still want to believe that a majority are like great men and great hearts, and a lot yeah. that I know are. Mm-hmm. Now, at the same time, there are people that I would put in that category mm-hmm. that have done some pretty wrong, hurtful, mm-hmm. thoughtless things over the years, you yeah. know, but, but, um, but I still go. It's a great man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know that they, they got their tunnel vision. They're not seeing, mm-hmm. you know, anything outside of what affects them. Maybe and and they do some things. But yeah. but so you're you're but you're getting a front row seat to the mm-hmm. people that wanna yeah wanna and they come on and they're and, like praise God <laughs> you know they just you know all these things and, and they're just. But when they're behind the scenes, what are just, some of the things that you saw be, that affected you? They might you? be cussing. They might be, um, you know, just mean and hateful, mm. and you know, talk down to you, um, you know. But you turn that camera on, and the light comes on, and they're they're mm. these wonderful people of God. Mm. Um, some are big names. Mm. That, um, you know, and, and that's that was confusing to me. Mm. It really um, it was very hurtful. And there were some people that felt like they were so, um, I'll tell you a st- real quick story. Um, one time we did this lady and her ministry and they came and they were very strange, very odd. Um, but if, but she also is pretty strong she's from louisiana and she's pretty strong in like the spiritual warfare things and so she um came in the station and she talked to the um owner and said there's somebody here as a demon you know and or is full of demons or something like that and um i wasn't there at the moment i was upstairs and so i i wasn't in on this but um, they, so she's like, I'm going to pray for each person. And then, so she prayed for this person and this person, nothing, you know, she's not seeing anything. And then, so, um, JR, he was there and he was the last one that they prayed for. So the owner, it was like, none of them, it had to be JR. And so she walks up to him. He says, you are full of demons. And it just broke his heart because mm. he was one of the true ones that had the heart. A lot of them were faking, you know, when they were doing prayers and they were walking around the room and praying. And 
I mean, some of them were saying things mm. like, you know, come tie my tie as, as, you know, like instead of speaking in tongues, you know what I mean? They no. were not. And so he was real and he was dedicated and it just crushed him. Wow. And so he had a lot of bitterness from that. Yeah. And then I'm watching all this from, you know, um, so, and then that put suspicion on him for the rest of the time he was there. Mm, yeah. And, um, you know, and then she apologized. She's like, oh, it was, it was a Nigerian warrior. Um, it was in a picture that was hanging in her, her room, her hotel room that had come with him or something like that. And I'm like, okay, wow. So she did apologize for that. But, you know, it was like hurtful really hurt him yeah um and then some big names um you know they were just just very arrogant Mm -hmm. and everybody was just like you know um you know it was just it was sad but then when we were in charleston we found um that just the individual individual preachers and ministers we tried to get them all together and stuff and they had this group and you know, you had to go through them to get to anybody else. And, um, you know, they were trying to um, get us to their church to do our program and open up a studio. And, you know, really, you know, they had all these hidden agendas. And ultimately, they wanted the station. Mm-hmm. And so um, we were there for about 10 years. And um, I, I was... Going back to, um, you know, my my husband was always pushing, pushing, pushing. And then we had, this lady came in, and she wanted to volunteer. And so um, when I first saw her walk in, I got a red flag. I'm like, okay, no, this lady, we stay away from her. She's a problem. I just knew it. And so I told my husband and my daughter, she actually crawled under the table, you know, hiding because she must have discerned it too but um so um and she was always the one that showed up i mean it was like um my husband had to go to the transmitter we had a a broadcast that we were gonna do Uh, had a bunch of guests had pastors had everything and he's like i've got to go to the transmitter right now which is where Mm -hmm. we were airing playing all the videos and stuff because there was a problem down there so I'm like, okay. So I just look up to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, help, because I'm having to do everything, and it's just me. And I got to run three cameras, and I got to direct. I got to switch everything. I got to give countdowns. I got to give this. I got to do, you know, it was a lot. I'm like, Lord, help. And so who calls this lady? And I'm thinking, oh, God, thank you. And she's like, oh, you need any help? I'm like, yes, can you come? She's just down the street. And um, that's kind of really, you know, the warning was there. But then every time I needed help, she'd show up. Hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, God's opening these doors. Hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, this must be God. You know, it must be because I needed help and there she was. Hmm. So that was confusing because I heard. I heard she's stay away from her. But I'm like, well, maybe I was just not thinking right. But she started helping, and she started staying a lot and helping with some paperwork, filing stuff, all this all this kind of stuff. And then I had to go out of town. My 
my grandfather ended up passing away and I ended up inheriting some properties. And so I had to go and then I started managing properties and working at the TV station. And, and so he's like, oh, take her. Can you go, can you go with her to the station or to Atlanta? Cause I can't go. And he kept pushing and kept pushing. And he's like, oh, just stay here for the night. Stay here for the night. Well, you know, eventually several years went by. Um, then, I mean, we started kind of, you know, having like an affair. Um, and it was encouraged by my husband, but he didn't know about it. But, you know, he was just so encouraging with it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so that lasted. And she was supposed to be a really spiritual person and all this stuff. But see, mm-hmm. the problem was I I wanted to get free from this. And I did not know how and I was so confused because of all the things that I'd seen of all the ministers and all the hurt all this you know I'm just like God you know how can people live like this yet sit here on camera and minister to people and touch people you know people get healed from them or whatever so I was like okay what's going on so I ended up Um, we ended up, you know, I ended up realizing that she was very demonic and she ended up, you know, wanting to kill me, I guess. Um, and I really felt like fearful for my life. And so my friend from years back, we had been in contact off and on for a while, but, um, the original girl that I had gone out with, you know, she's like, I see that you're having a lot of problems and this lady I think something is really wrong I'm really worried about you and she was reading the bible and she said you know she felt God's like oh go check on her and so I um you know I I'm like okay yeah so I'm like well I have this assistant that's that I'm really scared of and then you know my husband's like oh yeah have her come down have her come down have her stay, have her and her kids move in with us because she was having problems with her husband. Um, he was drug addict and things. And so she came and we got, helped me get rid of the other lady. Um, her and my husband did. And then, um, you know, my husband had had a horrible car accident um, about six months before then. And he actually died a couple of times you know Mm. and um but when he came back I mean he was had a bad head injury so it changed him a lot for you know and so I was needing help taking care of him and anyway so I was so confused and I was so desperate I'm like God I don't want this lifestyle I don't want to be in this marriage because it was just so um devastating and I I wanted help I was just crying out and crying out for help and I'm like what do I do and I just you know we weren't doing so well he ended up wanting to get a divorce I moved back to Atlanta and just stayed there and um you know got the divorce it took like two years to divorce but then the then my uh, first girlfriend, she came up and she's helping me. And we really 
weren't wanting to have that kind of relationship. We just were friends. And even though, you know, for a short time, but we were just both like, you know, this, we don't want this. And I was just so broken and I was crying about, Lord, all I want to do is serve you. All I want to do is be free so I can help others. And I knew the bondage and I knew the hurt and pain and how I felt like I was so um, bound, you know, like my hands were tied, everything was tied. Mm. And I just like, God, I've got to have your help. And I, I ended up coming down here um, and going to Bible school. Okay. Yeah. And through a mutual friend, that's where I found out about your ministry. So you, well, you came down to go to the river? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I did that for a while. Um, and I couldn't stay because the properties were having problems. But I came here and I had one session with you. And it was like so much, I got so much freer, you Praise know. God. And, you know, I started getting deliverance. It wasn't like overnight Mm -hmm. but you know it's important for people to understand yeah yeah because it's like everybody wants fast food deliverance everybody sees that when i first started i would try to get all the demons out at one time yeah but there's so much more to the story than just casting out demons they've been in there for a while Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. it 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 is it is wise Mm -hmm. to to kind of work through a process to get mm-hmm. people free yeah. but yeah it used to be I, was, I, I didn't care how long it took you know so we'd mm-hmm. go from anywhere from I think probably the shortest early days was like an hour and a half but mm-hmm. it, we would go like five hours and I never had the long marathons and I hear some people have but you know we would be like okay I think we got everything which yeah. we we didn't mm-hmm. first of all right. and the second thing is and, and it wasn't all deliverance mm-hmm. that was the thing that I didn't understand early days but that um, the people need to be equipped how to walk in freedom, how to overcome the enemy. Because mm-hmm. when you walk out the door, the enemy can come back. Right. You can you can right. pick your demons up when when you leave. Yes. Uh, and it happens all the time. So mm-hmm. I, I just want to say that for everybody else that thank you for sharing that because it it I, it's one of the first things I try to convince people. Mm-hmm. Don't look for the quick fix. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not, we're not trying to get clients to come back for the rest of their lives or anything like that. But to go, like we were refurbishing my son's house right now, which is teaching me all the time. And it's, it's been six months. Most of what we did, you couldn't see any positive fruit from. Mm-hmm. We were rebuilding beams and dealing with foundational issues hugely important stuff did not make the place look or smell it made it smell worse Mm -hmm. and made it look worse yeah but we're at the place now where it smells good Mm -hmm. it's fresh new paint you know the floors haven't gone down yet but they're in the house they their um cabinets aren't even assembled yet but they've but they've been delivered they're there Mm -hmm. the you know uh, and and so it's about to dress up gorgeous Mm -hmm. And that's what God does. Yeah. He transforms our lives to amazing things. But yeah, but yeah so it, it didn't happen overnight. You get no, you get some ministry. You had some breakthrough. It took it took uh, yeah, I, it took several years. 
Wow. For everything. You've been coming here for several no, years? Yes. Yes and no. No, no. <clears throat> not all at, uh-huh. not, not all in a row. No. Okay. Um, actually, I, I came here the one time, uh-huh. and I went back up to Atlanta. And then I saw that my daughter was having some struggles. I'm like, Jen, you you know, go down there and have some sessions. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, she went to one, and it was, you know, very – it was good. It was, mm-hmm. it was pretty good. She's um, – She's, you know, doing better, but she doesn't live here, so it's kind yeah, of a hard. thing. Yeah. Um, but what happened that first time? I mean, I had gotten, actually, you know, the Lord, when I came down here and I was at church, and he said, I'm going to deliver you. You're going to be free from this, and you're going to be doing what I've called you to do. Mm. And so I'm like, okay, you know. So I'm like, and it was little by little, but, you know, I... It, there, at one point, somebody had prayed with me, and I felt like something big happened. It was almost like a tree trunk was mm. ripped out, mm. but there was still all the stubble and debris, yeah. you know, from yeah. leftover from yeah. you pull something out. Then the roots and all the stuff are still there. And um, so it's just been, um, you know, I have been coming here for probably... I want to say a couple years. Wow. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, but it's, it's, you know, when it was all, everything was gone, you know. And I'm, I feel so free. I'm like, okay, you know, I want to do, I want, I want people because I know the torture. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could, that's another whole subject about how the enemy tricks people and the confusion, the gender mm-hmm. confusion, yeah. all the stuff. And so have you gotten, tell, tell me about that part of your journey. Is that mm-hmm. still an ongoing battle? Where are you no. at with that? Yeah. No, it is. I am free. <laughs> I am totally free. And I, I want to share my story. Yeah. That's amazing. And I, I feel like I'm supposed to be writing a book at some point, you know, wow. just waiting for the Lord because, um, he had showed me that I was going to be ministering wow. and helping people who wow. have gone through these things. Wow. And so, like, I, I don't really talk about this, you know, much, yeah. but I'm just kind of waiting for the, for the Lord to, do that. Yeah. to say, now, you know, start talking about it now. Yeah. And, you know, oh, you of course, know. not everybody in my family knows about it and all these things. So I don't, you know, it would be kind of a shock to them in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I just, I just know how the enemy is so deceitful and how he can trick people into thinking it's something good and something God, but not everything that's good, quote unquote, is God. So, you know what I'm saying in a way, because it's such deception. Yeah. What you're saying right now is so important for people to hear today because they're, because it's not just the gender confusion. It's the confusion about gender confusion. The, yeah, the, yeah. So uh-huh. many people are being influenced to go. Like, they would actually think what we're talking about right now is really bad and mm-hmm. evil. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, the people that come, I don't chase people down that mm-hmm. say that. I've never chased anybody down. People come, and they're broken, and they're hurting, and they want to be free. Mm-hmm. And And we have a pretty decent track record with mm-hmm. helping people get get free of that there's some foundational things that that you're going to go after and 
And and it's not stop thinking that way. It's not religion. It's mm-hmm. not you know, mm-hmm. you, you know. Let me give you all the verses against homosexuality. No, it's going and dealing with the root issues, the mm-hmm. heart issues. You don't even have to. I don't, I don't remember ever telling someone. Well, you know that's wrong, don't you? Mm-hmm. I, I've never had to say that. Yeah. You know, Lana. It has been great having you on our show and um, podcast. And your story is um, pretty remarkable, what God has done and the freedom and the healing. And I want to pray. I want to close this out now in prayer um, for others that are struggling with those issues of sexual identity and confusion, confusion and hurt and pain from their experience in the religious community. And uh, Father God, I do pray right now in Jesus' name. Lord, for the many, Lord, the, the churches sound confused. Lord, your word isn't confused. You're not confused, but but today it is so many voices brought so much confusion. And I pray, Father God, for those people today that are like, I need truth. I need freedom. I want wholeness and healing, Lord. That, God, they would reach out to you, that they would reach out to Operation Life Force if necessary, and they would go, I want freedom. I I don't want to be tormented anymore by the confusion and by lies of the enemy. And, Lord, I just proclaim freedom, hope, um, freedom from the despair and the hopelessness, freedom to follow you. And, Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray Lord, that you would minister to those that have been deeply wounded by ministries, by the church, by other believers. God, that you would minister to them, that you would bring them healing and freedom and help us to be the light of your world that um, brings healing and hope to, to others. We bless you and praise you. Thank you for this amazing interview. In Jesus' name, amen.